interrupt your program to bring you this important message. Our mission, to raise money for the Forever Brave Fund. I am proud to partner with Washington County and contribute to the Forever Brave Fund Scholarship Program. The Forever Brave Fund is a significant initiative to help support fire, police, EMS, military members, and their families in our county. My contribution efforts will come by way of blood, sweat, and I'm sure a few tears as I ride my bicycle from West Bend, Wisconsin to Washington, D.C. The trip will be approximately 950 miles, but will vary based on detours and camping availability. I am asking for your support. Whether you are a current or past member of these organizations or a beautiful human being who sees the value in forever supporting the brave members in public safety and public service. You can help this mission by searching your heart and opening your wallets. Go to my website, thepossibleprojectpodcast.com and click on the Forever Brave tab. All funds will be accepted through our GoFundMe account. I'm also looking for 20 individuals or organizations to take the per mile pledge. This pledge comes with great advertisement and dedicated ad space on my podcast programming. Please message or email me at thepossibleprojectpodcast at gmail.com for more information. Semper Fidelis, and let's make this happen together. Now back to your scheduled programming. Next week is National CNA Week, and I am so excited to bring on a very, very special guest near and dear to my heart, my daughter, Jasmine Domrose. Full disclaimer, folks, Jasmine and I recorded this message as a practice session, the very first episode that I ever recorded for the Possible Project podcast. It was so great. We decided to save it for this special week and share it with all of you. I'm your host, Tara Gundrum. As a United States Marine Corps veteran, author, and Christ follower, I've had the great privilege of meeting so many people that are living a life of influence, affecting positive change, and are making a difference in their lives and the lives of the people around them. These are the incredible stories of real people. And this is The Possible Project Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest, one who actually is often um, overlooked sometimes. So I have a guest who is in the healthcare industry, and these are the people that we leave our loved ones with when we can't be with them. Um, They are with them 24-7. They take care of their primary needs. They make sure that they're fed, that they have their medicine, that they're taken care of physically and emotionally oftentimes. So I'm just excited to dig into a really deep conversation um, around some of the topics that involve our loved ones as we leave them in the care of these certified nursing assistants. And I am so honored to have today on the show um, someone who's near and dear to my heart, who I, who've I've seen grow in this profession and just grow in her love and her care and her compassion. Hi, Jasmine. How are you today? Hi, I'm good today. How are you? you? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It really means a lot to have you here today. So um, 
one of the things about the podcast, it's not only who you are and what you do, but we really want to truly understand a little bit about you and your backstory. So uh, just tell me, Jasmine, how did you get into the profession of being a certified nursing assistant? Um, I started off as a not certified nursing assistant, but just a resident assistant in general at one of the senior living facilities in my hometown. And I took some courses through one of the tech schools and I became certified and I just continued my journey from there. Outstanding. So like, is this something that you always envision yourself doing? Um, What is your big dream? Is this kind of like a step to the next step? Yes, I would eventually like to become a nurse. So I'm just working right now as a nurse's assistant. Yeah, so you were pretty, pretty into it. That's amazing. And you were quite young when you got certified, right? Um, I started working there when I was 17, which I think is the youngest you can be because you have to be 18 to use any lifts or anything like that. So they take 17-year-olds to get the training in. What I like to kind of get into next, Jasmine, is um, I know that we can't get into a lot of, you know, specific pointed details. So I'm going to kind of talk generally. Um, and, and let's just talk about kind of like some of the things that you have to deal with um, as a CNA. I know that you have so many different um, types of residents that come in with varying types of um, challenges and, you know, illnesses or their different stages of their current condition. Um how do you enter that environment? Like, what's your, I guess, your mental attitude like when you go into work every day? Um, you basically just have to go in understanding that if your parents or your loved ones were there, you would have a certain standard for their treatment and their care that they're being given by other people. And you just kind of have to remember that um, everyone there has someone who cares for them and you don't want to let them down or their loved ones down. So you basically just treat them as if they're your own family because so many people already don't do that. So you kind of want to be that person who will help them feel not alone and not feel like they're being judged for anything that you're doing with them. Okay. No, that's, that is a wonderful insight. Uh, I think, you know, oftentimes we overlook, we overlook those simple details and we take our anger and frustration out on the staff, um, which is off our understaffed. I'm sorry. There's not enough care workers to support the amounts of residents that are in facilities. So we have uh, limited care workers, right? And we have so many different residents and we're striving. You guys are striving to give them um, the best attention as possible. So like, how do you deal with some of those challenges? I mean, being understaffed and needing to provide, you know, dedicated care to every single resident, um, but really not having enough time in the day to do so. How do you kind of juggle that challenge? Um, it's definitely difficult, but you basically have to just take it with a grain of salt and do what you can. So you do kind of have to prioritize a little bit because you want to spend as much time as you can with them and you get close to these people and you start having connections and meaningful conversations. But when you're so understaffed, you don't have the time to do all of that. So you just kind of 
want to go in there and make the most of what you can while you are with them and then continue on with your day. And hopefully you can circle back and continue that conversation or just be there for them and give them some company. Oh, great. Thank you for that. Um, Now, when we get into um, a different, I guess, level of conversation around a very difficult topic, which is um, you deal with a lot of end of life situation in your profession. And basically, how do you communicate with not only the residents, of course, when they're, they're the ones that are actively passing and their families are there, like what are some of the things that you are able to do to just kind of work with them and their families to help get them through this difficult time? Um, mainly just be there for them to listen. I feel like that's the biggest thing. They want to talk about the difficulties that they're going through and they want to talk about the good times that they've had with them and all of the memories. And you just want to let them live in that moment while you're with them and hear them out. And if they're ever looking for any advice or something that you want to contribute to the conversation, you just kind of want to remind them that um, their loved ones know that they're loved, even if they're going through such a difficult time, they can't really express that to them as well as they would like them to. You just have to understand that the love is there and that there's so much appreciation from every aspect of the family or even friends that are involved in the situation. So that's really all I can say is just listen to them and hear them out. You know, I think that, you know, you make a very, very good point listening is the most important thing at that time. I mean, because I mean, not sometimes people have a hard time listening because they always want to have the answer. Like they feel like they need to come up with the right thing to say in this moment in order to make the situation better. When, you know, in reality, situation is probably not likely going to get much better because of what you say. Um, But just by being able to hear them out and give them that ear, that shoulder to kind of cry on that, that, ear to just kind of vent to you like that, that might be, you know, a, a great way to, to take that approach. So I really thank you for sharing that. Um, now when you move into, when you move into like the next phase, you know, now this, this resident has passed away, you know, I have to think that there's some connection that is that you're dealing with now like there's not only separation from the family but there's you know a dealing that you have to deal with as their care worker like how do you handle some of that I mean it can't be easy no it's not easy and I think that also depending on where you work those connections might be deeper where how I currently work in a rehab facility and they're very short-term residents. They're not there for the long run. They're coming in to heal and then they're going home. Um, but when I worked in memory care and long-term residencies, you definitely become close to some of your residents because you're there for them every day. Uh, whatever shift you're doing, you're either waking them up and getting them ready for their day or you're getting them ready for bed and you're just kind of hanging out with them, doing their afternoon activities And we're told we're not supposed to form a relationship with them outside of a working relationship, but that's pretty impossible if you're there for a good amount of time. You start to feel like they're your own family. Um, But you just 
have you kind of sign up for it when you go into that job you're signing up to care for someone until they no longer need that care and you're just giving them the best possible life until they're no longer here so it's sad but it's also nice knowing that um these people are going out in the best way that they can and they're going out knowing that they're loved so you just kind of have to look at it from a not so negative view because otherwise you'll be sad all the time. There's a lot of sad things that go on when you're taking care of someone. So you just got to find the good moments and everything. Wow. Um, Such wonderful perspective from such a young lady. And so I just really, um, I admire your perspective and the way that you approach the entire situation because, um, you know, I always talk about what are you, not what are you specifically, but what, what is a person doing to give back to their community? What type of service are they providing that's, you know, greater than themselves? You know, a lot of people go out and they volunteer or, you know, they donate money to um, different organizations and missions and things like that. But it sounds like you every single day, in your profession, you are giving more than yourself. You are really, truly trying to improve the quality of life of the person that you're caring for. And I just think that that um, is not recognized all the time. And I just like to, you know, thank you for, thank you for your service every single day, because it's definitely um, needed and it's definitely appreciated. So, Yes, I do have a couple of questions that came in from the audience. So uh, one of them is, how do you handle dealing with residents that are heavier than you? A a lot of my patients or residents are heavier than me. And it's really just about body mechanics. You know, you just don't want to hurt yourself. You want to set your feet in the right place and put all your weight in the right place and make sure that you're not setting yourself up in a position where you feel like you might strain something. And um, if you get to that point, you can always just grab help or we have um, different resources to help us, such as lifts and easy stands that will help us if maybe they can't support their own body as well as they could. Got it. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, And then last question here from the audience is, if you could change one thing about the healthcare industry, what would that be? And why? Our um, being able to guarantee that time to sit down and have a one-on-ones with people, which we really don't have the time to do because it's so go, go, go. But if we're sitting down and talking our entire shift that we're there, then nothing's going to get done. So I feel like that's not something we can really change unless we implemented more volunteers and um, different services where people could come in and have that interaction with people because it can get lonely at um, nursing homes or retire retirement facilities and just long time or long term facilities where people are coming in and basically depending on the workers there. Got it. That's a great point. Um, and I think, you know, to toss this back out to our audience, I think this is one area that if you wanted to do something, um, if you wanted to spend a little time at one of these long-term uh, facilities or long-term care facilities, nursing homes, um, I say go through the process and give it a shot because as Jasmine just said, there are a lot of people out there who don't have that daily interaction. They don't have the social interaction and they are quite lonely. So I think that's one thing that we could 
probably all take away um, as a way to give back and just kind of put a little bit more motivation and positivity in the world. So Jasmine, I really, 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 really enjoyed our conversation today. And I have to hit you with a couple of things that I end every single show with. It's like my fast round. So get ready for the lightning round. Um, If you had to choose between Doritos and chili cheese Fritos, what would it be? Doritos. All right. Uh, Kidoba or Buffalo Wild Wings? Kidoba. And lastly, Target or Walmart? Target. Ah, Target. (laughs) All right. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on the show. If our audience wanted to find you, how would they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at jasmine.domrose. All right. Well, that sure was a lot of fun. And as you can see, I thought I was going to do something way different than what I'm actually doing. But I really appreciate that raw footage and just kind of taking you folks back to where the Possible Project podcast all begin. Thank you for listening to this episode. Check out the show notes to access our guest details, support links, and subscribe to be notified of our weekly episodes coming to you every Wednesday. If you know of an amazing individual whose light is shining bright, I want to hear from you. She me an email at the possible project podcast at gmail.com. That's it, folks. This is T Gun signing off. Remember, let your faith be bigger than your fears because all things are possible through Christ. <laughs>